morning and thank you for joining Stock Showdown Podcast. I am your host, Wendy. This is another episode of Waking Up with Wendy here on a beautiful, uh, not so beautiful, well, I mean beautiful here on the East Coast. It is like 60 degrees over here on the East Coast here in December, which is a little unusual. Uh, but again, uh, it is a interesting day here for me. Nonetheless, I am uh, currently in quarantine. Uh, but that's not going to let me stop uh, doing my podcast, what I love to do. And we are in for a real treat here on this episode of Waking Up with Wendy. We got a very special guest with us here today. I'd like to introduce and thank Shaheen Shan for taking the time out of his extremely busy schedule to join us here on the Stock Showdown po- uh, podcast. Shaheen is ranked number one in the Amazon Accelerator. And not only that, but is described as, and I quote, the Willy Wonka of Generation X by the London Observer and Newsweek. So with all of that, I am sure there's many, many other accolades that uh, Mr. Cheyenne has on his resume, but uh, I'm going to stop touting Mr. Cheyenne and let him introduce himself all to you, the Stock Show Not audience. Without further ado, Cheyenne, Cheyenne, everybody, thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Will. I appreciate that. So my name is Shaheen Chan. I'm an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. I I started my first company when I was just in my teens, left home when I was 15, sleeping in abandoned buildings, abandoned cars, wherever, anywhere I could lay my head, managed to get a mentor. And then sometime in the 1990s, got involved in the electronic music scene, the rave culture of the time. And I, through that, invented a novel new drug called herbal ecstasy it was the first alternative to recreational drugs at that time it was totally legal all natural herbal and by the time i was 18 my company had created over a billion dollars in revenue pre-internet pre-facebook pre-social media i went on to selling that company and then creating uh, all the technology for vaporization, digital vaporization, the Vapeer, which is the the forerunner to all the vape technology that we see now. I am not an advocate of vaping, by the way, I do not recommend it to people. Um, That company went public in 2007. I exited in 2006, roughly, and I went on to focusing on this little site called amazon and this guy jeff bezos who seemed to be doing some interesting stuff and i quickly learned that amazon was going to be a market disruptor and i decided to put all my eggs in the amazon basket and learned how to become a seller and a master at selling and storytelling on the amazon platform and now what i do is my focus is teaching people, inspiring people to create Amazon businesses that create recurring revenue streams uh, through my Amazon Mastery course. And by the way, just so we get it out of the way, anybody who's listening to this, if you guys are interested, uh, I have a one hour course. It's normally 200 bucks for anybody that's listening to Will's podcast, just mentioned Stock Showdown. And I will give you the course for free, no obligation, no credit card. You'll never hear from me if you don't want to. Again, that's going to be darkzess at gmail.com. Email me directly, D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. Mention Stock Showdown, and I will give you the course for free, teach you how to start an Amazon business, where to incorporate, how do you find a product, how do you tell that story so you stand out, 
and how do you get ranked on those top pages? That's what we do now. Wow. Um, <laughs> you heard it there first, everybody. You know, like I always probably say in class, there's no such thing as a as a free lunch. But uh, aside from that, like there's there's not too many opportunities out there when you get free course material. So thank you, um, Shaheen, for offering that free course material. Again, I will be reminding my students in class when I return of this extremely generous opportunity. So thank you very much for that. I figured I'd put myself on camera. I know you, nobody's hearing the audio or uh, seeing the visual right now. Thank God they're not seeing the visual right now. It has been the longest I have gone probably in quite some time with actually not having hair gel in. It's been about four or five days. I usually have it slicked back Gordon Gecko style, but uh, since again, quarantining, there's really no need to have uh, have the gel in so uh it's fine it's good to see it's good to be on camera sort of i guess but uh thank you for that wonderful intro now you gave a, a incredible incredible backstory there uh, of, of being in a, in, a, in, a, in a teenage i guess teenage realm there when you first had that taste of entrepreneurship um what was it i guess that turned you on um to the idea of, of being your own boss and an entrepreneur uh, when was that? When did that light go off uh, for you at, at such an early age? How did that come to be? So we came from Iran. We were refugees. We came to the United States being fairly poor. We were upper middle class in Iran, had our whole lives planned out for us. So when we came to this country, uh, I would regularly get my butt kicked in school. I would regularly get bullied. I I didn't speak a word of English. So it was very difficult for me to get around. But as I came up in the United States, I started noticing all this wealth. So there was a lot of wealth all around me, but no path for me to get it. And I remember going to my parents and saying, hey, how do I get that? I want the Porsche and the beautiful wife and the big house and all those great things. How do I get that? They said, well, all we know is become doctor. You become doctor, you get everything in this country. And that, that was the, the pinnacle of success for uh, any immigrant family. So that's all they knew. And so I went next door. There was a dude, he was a doctor. And I was like, man, this guy is miserable. He doesn't own his house, bank owns his house, bank owns his car. You know, wife isn't happy. She's screaming, running around with a frying pan in her hands. The kids are, are not happy. They never see their dad. I was like, I don't want that. So I took off and, and took off to find my fame and fortune. Interesting. I, <laughs> I, I again, you, you just painted a, a incredible picture. I could imagine myself being there, um, growing uh, uh, again, like you said it best, like even, even myself growing up here in the United States, it's like, all right, you know, for success, it's, you know, Get, a, get good grades in, in elementary school, carry that over to middle school, make sure you do that in high school, get on high honor roll, do all the clubs and activities, the community service, National Honor Society, et cetera, et cetera. You're gonna get looked at by a good school, get good SAT grades, but get good as uh, ACT grades, get into that good college where they throw all sorts of scholarship money at you um, and, and just follow that path and you'll be fine. Um, I'm just finding more and more as I as I get you know a little bit older and I delve more into the topic and field of entrepreneurship myself that for my own two children here sitting with us in the audience and two upstairs like i want that to be an option for them it's just don't follow the cookie cutter path that 
you know, my generation, uh, you know, my father's generation, my generation has been feeding that. Like entrepreneurship is a is a valid path for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, look, I think if you do want to get into the fields of science and academia, then of course, if you're an intellectual and your goal is not to make money, then by all means. You should go to college if you want to become a surgeon or some other technical skill set. Then absolutely, there really is no other path than to than to do that. However, if your goal is to make money, if your goal is to become wealthy, that is independent of going to school. In fact, I'll tell you, my first company, I had over two hundred employees. I was a teenager. I had zero high school education. I dropped out of ninth grade, and I think I cheated my way through the first six grades. I just sat next to smart kids. That's how I got by, and copied off their tests. And I, I remember I was hiring people for my company that remember had broken a billion dollars in revenue, and I had a rule that if they had too much education. I would just toss their resume out, so I would test them, and I would say, "Hey, just let us know your highest level of education and schooling." And the ones that I would hire were the ones who did not have that. Now, of course, if they had a college degree of some kind, it would be fine. I'd, I'd test them out. But the ones that had the piddly diddly D H D H whatever, all those like initials after their name, that would just go straight in the trash because it has nothing to do with making money. Schools don't teach you how to make money. Schools teach you how to Imagine、uh, a way that the world works based on their books. It's kind of like surfing. Like you can get all the great surf magazines. I used to love to do this as a kid, and then imagine that man. Yeah, if I just stood like this, and if I had this surfboard, and if I, you know, did this, and then you watch some videos, you're like, man, this is great.、And、then you get in the water and you just get slammed because you're like, whoa, nobody told me about this balance or this part or even. I, I train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm a beginner, but when when you train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you can watch people on TV all the time making the move. And then when you get on the mats, you're like, oh, it's a different thing because it's in the details, it's in the subtleness, and plus, all these things are constantly changing. They're live arts, and business and making money is a live art. It's ever changing. The way business was conducted. Less than a hundred years ago is completely different than how it happens now. I I, I oftentimes talk about Jeff Bezos, who's a, a hero of mine. I think the, the guy's incredible. And you look at how he disrupted commerce, and you look back, say a hundred years or so ago, to this Piggly Wiggly guy. Have you ever heard of the Piggly Wiggly store? <laughs> Indeed, it's 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 a staple down south. Is it okay? Yeah, I didn't even know if they're still around. But that guy came out, and this was at a time where you had no options. Let's let's go back fifty, hundred years, however long that is, maybe a hundred years. And you would go to a general store. You wouldn't have a choice of brands. You would tell them, "I want a loaf of bread. I want some beer. I want some wine, and I want some sundries, whatever it is." They put it in a bag. They tell you how much it is because that's how much it was, and you'd leave, and that was it. That was the experience. One guy, one register, and that's what would happen. Piggly Wiggly comes along, and this guy goes, "You know what? I'm going to revolutionize commerce." People said, "You're out of your mind."、I、said, "No, this is what I'm going to do."、They're、like, what are you going to do? I'm going to build these. 
and he shows a picture and they said well, what the heck is that he goes these are aisles aisles yeah and i'm gonna build these what are those those are carts people are going to be able to walk through the aisles and use their cart and pick their own items and we're going to have two maybe three different types of each which will encourage competition in the marketplace and and help the consumer and so he did this and there were lines around the block for this the general store died because of piggly wiggly he was the one responsible to changing everything and they they tried to catch up and you know by then it was too late they were taking over but that's what jeff bezos is jeff bezos revolutionized e-commerce he made it so that it's one click it's easy nice man in a blue and gray jacket shows up at your door the next day and he'll deliver whatever you want and if you don't like it send it back or no we don't care here's your refund and it created trust it created a revolution and now these fortune 50s fortune 500s come to people like me and they're like Dude, we have no idea how this new marketplace is working. Our old disruption marketing isn't working. People aren't going into the stores anymore, and we don't know how to compete with the little mom and pops on Amazon. Show us how this works. So the paradigm has shifted, and the big companies are having trouble catching up, which leaves all this opportunity for guys like me and you to come in and create brands and create real estate. And that's what we teach on our uh, Amazon Mastery. Which, by the way, anybody here, get it for free. Reach out to me, darkzess at gmail.com, D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. And, and by the way, anyone who's interested, my book just dropped, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. It's on Amazon, Audible, uh, anywhere books are found. We just finished the audiobook, So that goes more into the story of Herbal XC and how teenager went from sleeping on the beach to creating a billion dollars before his 20th birthday wow that is inspiring um and i'm glad you mentioned the age uh that you were when when you started these initiatives um because that's primary my primarily my audience is my high school students so we're talking you know ages anywhere from 14 to 18 years of age what kind of advice would you have to kids this day and age, um, you know, growing up in this day and age? What, what yeah. I guess, piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice do you have that would resonate with, with this particular demographic right here, right now? Yeah, I'll break it down into a simple thing, and that's discipline. Discipline is the most important thing. Now, you're going to think about discipline if you're in that age group of, oh, my parents disciplining me. No, you discipline yourself. You delay gratification. If you want to succeed in the Lala world of what we have going on now, people will tell you you'll get a participation prize. It's good enough to be second place. Everybody gets a reward for just coming out and playing the game. Unfortunately, the real world does not work that way. And there are people out there more competitive than you, people that are smarter than you, people that are stronger than you and they're waiting to drink your milkshake. They're just waiting for you to turn your head just enough so that they can reach out and take what's yours. So what you have to do is you have to be disciplined. You can be a little bit less smart and work a little bit harder. You can be a little bit 
less talented and be skilled enough to bring on people that are smarter than you, to bring the specialized knowledge you need to realize your dreams. But at the end of the day, there is no substitute for hard work and discipline. It's why uh, Floyd Mayweather, that's his, his, his uh, motto, hard work and discipline. You look at this guy, he's one of the greatest boxers, arguably, to ever live. And, uh, you know, the guy doesn't lose. He's got an amazing defense. And his motto isn't, hey, man, I'm going to rest. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be better. It's hard work and discipline. He seeks discomfort. He's in the gym every morning. And he's, he's sharpening his tools so that when the time comes, he can get on that opportunity for the competition. Wonderful. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned it. I mean, and again, awesome athlete that you mentioned there. Um, I love Floyd, you know, again, undefeated, uh, many different weight classes, not the biggest guy out there, not the strongest guy out there, but I, I think you said it, the, the most disciplined out there. And that has obviously paid dividends uh, to him and his obviously his, his empire uh, and has created generational wealth. I found this to be interesting about discipline. Uh, I read this or heard this the other day. I thought it was amazing about discipline. 60, and this is, I, I, this is I, I'm paraphrasing the statistic I heard, but I think it's pretty spot on that two thirds of CEOs have military background. And then I started to think, I'm like, that that makes sense. Yeah. And and it further goes into detail of of that two-thirds of people of CEOs that have military experience, two-thirds of those people have, and let me let me see if you you might maybe be able to fill in that that gap, that that answer there. So two-thirds of CEOs have military experience. Two-thirds of those CEOs have what? I'm gonna say grit some some transformational experience that made them into what they are that's probably not the answer you're looking for <laughs> well actually you know what and you i don't know if we were if we were airing when you mentioned um what you do uh you know in your you know some of your background in regards to jujitsu correct yeah we did all right and i don't know if it was live when we were doing it but that's the other two-thirds so two-thirds of ceos have military experience and two-thirds of those ceos have martial arts experience is that right where'd you get that, that statistic I, <laughs> I i think i read it somewhere on somebody's like entrepreneur like uh instagram uh motivational post or something like that well that makes uh, it true let's go with that i think <laughs> I, look i think you have to have some type of challenge some type of struggle that you overcome in order to become the best version of yourself. And now, unfortunately, we live in a very comfortable world where good enough is oftentimes settled for. So what does that mean? What that means is that we have to seek discomfort. We have to seek situations that we know are good for us, but bring about uh, a sense of unease temporarily to get to the higher good and martial arts i think there's nothing better for doing that there's no lying when you get on the mats there's no lying when you get in the ring with somebody you can't pretend 
like you're a good fighter when you're in the ring. You will get knocked out. You can't pretend like you're a good grappler when you're on the mats. You can't. You will. You will. You will get submitted. And life is very much like that. But having those types of humbling experiences impacts you in a very profound way. So, absolutely, I recommend for anybody who's looking to become better in business to take part in some some form of martial arts. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, I thought that was that was uh, a good tie-in for what you were saying. So. Um, now, you know, again, entrepreneurship, and I think you said it at the very beginning, look, it's not going to be for everybody and that's okay. And I'm not trying to say that, that, that education is, is, is awful and, and going to school is an awful thing and pursuing higher education is this awful thing. It's a great thing, again, given what you might be going to pursue, whether like you said, a surgeon, maybe an engineer, maybe a lawyer, et cetera. Um, so if that's the case, and entrepreneurship is not for everyone, um, how how can we or individuals find what's right for them? What's right for me? Like, what's my career path? Like, how do you how do you find that? Because again, I have plenty of high school students. Like, you know, I don't know what I want to do, and that's okay. You're 18 years old, but then you know, like, I, I get plenty of my colleagues or not you know, personal colleagues that I work with now, but you know, friends of mine that seem like, again, they're in dead end, dead end careers that they're just, you know, moving from job to job. And they really didn't just follow that passion. Is, is that where it lies? It's just finding what that passion is. Look, I think there are some things that are black and white and some things that are shades of gray. And I think this is one of those things that's shades of gray, but there's no, uh, boilerplate advice for every single kid or every single 18 year old. Now, with that said, I think if you're 18 and you have no idea what you want to do, there's a problem. And the problem is this, that you do not have enough things that you're interested in. The difference between people who succeed and people who fail is that they try and they fail and then they use that to create successes michael jordan he makes his greatest shots based on the ones that he misses because he learns from those now if you have a very narrow band of stuff you're interested in you're just hanging out at home playing minecraft and pokemon and like on tiktok all day that's gonna mess with your brain if you're just on Instagram and, you know, even if you're producing those videos, that's going to mess with your brain. What you, what you need to do is to create a wide range of things that you're fascinated by. And you have to cultivate that fascination. Now, it can start as interests. I'm interested in rockets. I'm interested in martial arts. I'm interested in how cars work. And then you follow those interests and create fascinations. And I guarantee you, if you create a list of a couple dozen interests, some of them will turn into fascinations. And then your issue, which is a very different issue, is going to be which one of my fascinations do I want to follow rather than I don't know what I'm going to do. I just, you know, I'm going to go to class third period and fifth period and then come out. We're going to make a TikTok and then get some pizza. 
you don't want to be that guy. There's a lot of those guys. It's 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 the funny thing of you know the popular kids always end up being the biggest losers. It's true because they spend so much time doing that kind of stuff and not enough time focusing on their fascination. It's the nerd. It's the Jeff Bezos of the world, the Steve Jobs, the guys that nobody wanted to talk to, the guys that people made fun of, the guys that the pretty girls kicked around and said, get lost, that they, they got their computer books and they sat down and they read those books. Not only that, they followed their fascination. And then the guys got a $150 million luxury yacht. Who's laughing now? The richest man in the world. Who's laughing now? That's how the game works. Can't argue with that. Thank you very much because, um, look, I'm, you know, <laughs> probably dating myself here, but, you know, I was, I was, you know, I grew up long before all the social media and it's only gotten um, far more uh, involved and, and, and time, time consuming, time sucking, um, you know, out of, out of people's, again, out of their day-to-day lives. And I can't get behind it. I mean, I know people, TikTok and, and Instagram, and like, I know that maybe to help promote my business, part of me feels like I should get into those avenues. I just don't know, I guess, what's the best course of action? Any insight that you have as far as um, marketing yourself via social media that has proven to be successful and not a big giant waste of time yeah you can use it as a tool everything is a tool your computer is a tool your phone is a tool and you use it to prove things then it's a different story if you're using it tactically very different story even coffee coffee is a tool you can use it tactically or you can use it habitually and there's a big difference between those two things. I know people who drink coffee all day, they don't get a benefit from it anymore. It's just, you know, maybe a little taste or smell. It doesn't do anything to them because they've become caffeine adapted. And now they just do it for maintenance because if they don't drink coffee tomorrow, they're not going to be the nicest people to be around. They're just going to be big grunts. And then there's other people I know, CEOs, people that are that are very wealthy, who say, no, you know what? This is a powerful tool. And I'm going to use it when I've got a big board meeting or we've got a big and then I'm going to utilize it when I need that extra two, three hours. Similarly, with social media, with any of the stuff that's going on, you can make it work for you or you can work for it. When you're posting on social media, you're creating content for Facebook. You're creating content for, for TikTok. You, you are giving them a pound of flesh. And if you're not getting anything back, if you have no plan, if you have no strategy, you're just working for them. You leave a review on Amazon, which is less than 1% of people who leave reviews for something. People are now mostly using it as a way to be disgruntled. If, if you do that, you're creating content for Amazon. How does it benefit you is the question. Thank you. That was, uh, that was insightful. Everything you've said today, obviously very insightful, and I, I appreciate that. I, I got one, uh, I guess, final question. I, I saw it, um, you know, through the pod match platform, questions that you are typically typically asked, and I, I thought that this was an excellent question, and I kind of want to end it, end our podcast with this, this question. Is corporate culture dead? 
And now is it every entrepreneur for themselves? And I'll let you tackle that one. Yeah, look, I, I think that as far as as far as corporate culture goes, I think that again, there's there's a lot of room for growth. And the advantage now to this gig economy, to this culture of disruption that's been ignited by people like Steve Jobs, by Jeff Bezos, by companies like Uber and Lyft and Airbnb is the, and, and subsequently COVID. And by the way, guys, Will is a badass for doing this show while he has COVID. I had it last week. So I just wanted to mention that this guy's a hero for, for, for doing this. I couldn't, I couldn't tell at all. Um, <laughs> Thank you. The, the, the fact is that corporate, corporate culture is changing. And they're realizing now that they're moving away from disruption marketing and more into influence. And that's what we teach. So on my Amazon course, we teach people principles based on Robert Caldini's work and his, his seminal book, Influence, and his follow-up book, Persuasion. Whereas there's six things that you can learn. If you know how to manage those six principles, you can influence anybody to do anything that you want. And again, we teach that in our course. Sign up for the free one-hour Amazon course, D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. And we'll show you how to do that. But things like authority. If somebody else is selling a supplement and you're selling a supplement, they're the exact same thing. If you have a doctor that's the expert at that on your side you have authority social proof reviews nobody believes what corporations say anymore you believe the the blah 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 soda company or the who they believe is me and you so how do you engineer so that you get good social proof Sincerity, the way you talk to people, the way you communicate, so essential. Are you just using corporate talk? This is an X533 cable, blah, blah, blah. Or you say, hey, man, get our gold wire. It's going to give you crystal audio. And there's several more. So just reach out to us and I'll share that with you. And uh, if anybody's interested, you can check out the larger course is fbasellercourse.com. And make sure you like and subscribe as we have a podcast too. We'll share this on there. Make sure you subscribe to uh, Will Anderson's show. But also we will uh, rebroadcast this. Our show is called Hack and Grow Rich. For anybody who's interested, like, subscribe. Make sure you join us. Awesome. Awesome. Um, All right. Final parting words. Anything that you have not said uh, as far as advice... And final parting words to, again, my primary audience of high school students. 30 seconds to a minute. Go. All yours. Final parting words. All right. I'm going to say don't sweat the petty things. Don't pet the sweaty things. Wait, that's all wrong. Sorry. Let's erase that. (laughs) Here's what I'm going to tell you. The truth. And it actually is that. The truth is take yourself lightly. Business is not serious. Making money is not a serious endeavor. Seriousness is a disease. Why do I say that? 
You have to learn to have fun. If it's not fun, go do something else. But at the end of the day, is a, a great quote that uh, Alan Watts, the great philosopher. And if you don't know who Alan Watts is, I feel sorry for you. Make sure you check him out. Most of his lectures are on Spotify. But check out Alan Watts online and on YouTube. He used this quote from I think G.K.、Uh, Chesterton, and that's, "Do you know why angels fly? Angels fly because they take themselves lightly." Such a great quote. Seriousness is a disease. You have to make sure that you laugh, that you enjoy yourself. That business is fun, and when it becomes fun, when you do things that you're following your fascination, that you're interested in, that it stays fun, you'll make money. Making money is not a difficult thing to do. It's not a struggle, and when you do it, you'll be like, "Oh, this is all there was to it." Oh man, I was worried so much, and I did all this, and I like read all this stuff. That's it. That's all there is to making money. This can't be it. That's where you want to be. Well, that was an extremely good send off there by Shaheen Shayan. I do appreciate all your time here this morning. Hey, buddy, wife's got to play for you. Wife's got to play for you. What she got? Let's see. Right behind you. <laughs> It's your COVID <laughs> meal. Come on. What do we got? What do we, uh, what got? Do we have here? I don't know if I'm blushing now. Thank you.、Uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't. It takes a lot to do that. So thank you. <laughs> you made me smile there.、Uh, it's buffalo chicken pizza leftovers. Thank you. Are we the only known cure for COVID? That's good. <laughs>、uh, from Pizza One here in Sparta, New Jersey. There's a little plug there for Pizza One.、Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thank you again for all your time here this morning. This is Wendy signing off. Stock showdown. Peace. Yeah, appreciate.